BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Hi and welcome to episode 126 of the Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. Are you wondering if you are someone that does not have any willpower? Maybe you're even pondering the option of a food addiction. I have a letter from someone today who has been through the ringer when it comes through dieting. She has tried everything to feel like a calmer kind of connection to food, but yet is always in this place of dieting or binging. Can you relate to that? I know there's many people listening who can relate to that experience. And so I have a feeling that this letter is a a one that you're going to connect with. So if you have heard of intuitive eating and are thinking about it, or maybe you tried it and you feel like it failed miserably, well, hang on because we're going to get to a letter and I'm going to tease apart some possible solutions and experiments for you. Before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode of a Love Food Podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. So PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome, and I specialize in helping people who have this condition to move away from diets. And I think the thing that's really interesting is many people are surprised that there's even a dietitian that specializes in this. And those are usually the people that don't have PCOS. The people that do are like, oh, hallelujah, finally, there's someone who is willing to dive deep. And not only am I specializing in PCOS, but I know there are ways that you can help feel more at home in your own skin, find your own ways to find health without dieting. You don't have to diet. I got a chance to interview someone named Caroline Dooner. She's the author of The Fuck It Diet. How cool is that name, by the way? Um, But she wrote a book all about the F word as it comes to diets. She also experiences PCOS. And she told me that part of her eating disorder experience 
happened because she thought she had to diet since she had PCOS. Like it was just like a have to. And so her interview is, um, let's see, I think it's episode four of the PCOS and Food Peace podcast. Did you know I have another podcast? Yeah, I just put 10 episodes together. I'm not gonna be doing another one constantly, but I put these 10 episodes together because I wanted those of you affected by PCOS or those of you who work with people with PCOS to have a companion along the journey. And I hope it helps, so check it out. But Caroline Dooner did bring up a really big point is that because what so many people here in the doctor's office or at the dietitian's office when they're learning about PCOS is they think they have to. And I'm here to shout from the rooftops that you don't have to diet to treat your PCOS. So if you wanna know more about what I'm talking about, go to pcosandfoodpeace.com. It'll give you all the details. If you wanna know more about the podcast, go to pcosandfoodpeace.com slash podcast. If you enjoy this episode of the Love Food Podcast, I would really dig it if you could leave a rating or review, subscribe to the show, or share it with someone. Doing those simple acts of kindness really help the show grow and help more people find this show in this episode. So you can do that really quickly by um, just tapping on the icon that you are using right now, which is probably Apple Podcasts. I know not all of you are, but if you are, then if you touch those like little dots at the bottom, that will allow you to leave a rating or review. Another way is to search for the show in um, the alcohol, not alcohol, (laughs) in the Apple Podcasts search bar. And when you click on the show and scroll down just a little bit, it'll say, leave a rating or review here. You can also click a hyperlink in the show notes and I'll take you right to it really quickly. And again, I know it can be kind of a pain to do that kind of stuff, but it is such an amazing way for more people to find the show and helps the show grow. So I'm really appreciative. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Dear Food, here we are again the crossroads between my latest binge and my upcoming diet. We have never been at peace, even during those moments between diets when I felt like I could eat and be free of food rules. I felt ashamed and guilty. I stopped and thought to myself, I can't count calories and points for the rest of my life. I started to research intuitive eating and it seemed like a golden ticket to freedom. Or is it? I am so torn by the years of self-hatred and poor body image, the years of my families and doctors telling me that I am obese and therefore I must change. I believe it, food. I believe that you and I are a toxic combination. There must be something wrong with me because I can't get a handle on my weight and obesity is an epidemic. I am part of a disease statistic. They show people like me walking down the streets, zoomed in our bellies, that look like mine in parts of news segments about the dangers of French fry oil and sitting too much. My belly, my thighs, my arms, they are feared. How could I possibly ignore all of this and eat intuitively? My belly was referred to as a fat tire when I was 12 by my doctor. My grandma called my legs thunder thighs. My favorite magazine referred to my arms as bat wings. Every part of my body has been scrutinized and feared by what feels like the entire world. So they must be right. I must have to do something to fix my shameful body. 
I first joined Weight Watchers at 14. I have quit and rejoined about a dozen times in the last 11 years. It must be my lack of willpower or my addiction to food that keeps me in this monster body that I need to fix. But here's the thing. I don't want to food. I want to love my body and keep it nourished. I'm so tired of calculating calories and points and feeling like a failure. I'm tired of going to bed hungry, waking up groggy, and spending my whole day thinking about you. How can I heal our relationship and push out all the negativity surrounding my body size when it feels like everywhere I turn, someone is judging me? How do you and I make up for the years of deprivation without the fear of more weight gain and more shame? Sincerely, scared, but ready. Hey there, letter writer. I am so glad you wrote. And I have a lot of things that I want to say and cover in my message to you. You've been taught that your body's wrong. You were taught that your body was an epidemic, that the world literally wants to eradicate bodies like yours. You were taught such awful, horrible things in the name of fat phobia. You may be wondering, especially if you're a new listener, what the hell is fat phobia? Well, sometimes fat phobia is called weight bias or weight discrimination. I honestly think that softens it too much when we call it that. It's really the hatred of fat bodies and what that means. I think for so many people, being discriminatory or putting biases or systems against bodies at higher weights is done because we see how the world has developed into treating people at higher weights not giving them access to the same types of jobs, not the same types of opportunities in academia, and um, treated like shit when it comes to healthcare providers. We've also made it seem like so simple. I've seen so many advertisements that say nutrition is not rocket science. Now, not only does that offend me as a dietitian, because if you had to get through all the biochemistry I had to get to, you may change that tagline. But also I am offended because nutrition science, and I think what they're really referring to is weight science, is not calories in, calories out. That's actually really outdated science. Something that we have through research been able to show that is actually not correct that if we eat a certain amount and burn a certain amount of calories, we'll weigh a certain amount. And you know, if we all ate the same amount of food and we all moved our body exactly the same, we still would all be shaped differently. And honestly, really, how beautiful is that? I think it's amazing that we are all different. And fat phobia is wanting us to all look the same because we're scared. We're scared to be treated poorly and to lose the privileges that come with being compliant and being the right size. So for you, letter writer, if you're feeling frustrated with yourself, I wish we could help you turn it towards where that energy needs to go. Because it's not going to be something simple, snap your fingers and just change a mindset kind of thing. Because 
you're living in a world that is constantly re-traumatizing you. So I hope you can have more compassion. I think for people like me who preach intuitive eating, and I need to pause for a second because you may be a new listener and wondering what the heck is intuitive eating? Check out a website, intuitiveeating.org. In a nutshell, intuitive eating is a way of moving away from diets that was created by two dietitians in the mid-90s, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. I've had the distinct honor of training underneath both of them through supervision and conferences and things like that. And what they put together was this really cool system that helped us to realign and reattune to our body because we're born knowing how much to eat, how often and what satisfies us and to allow food to be a fuel and a connector with people and emotions. Yet so many people that are encouraging intuitive eating look like me. You know, I live in a body that's super privileged. I'm thin, I'm white, and I have lots of different other privileges too. So it can be really um, important for people like me to name that, that I'm probably going to miss out on many different parts of this journey for you, Letter Writer. And for anyone listening who can identify with that letter, you know, there's so many parts that I'm just not going to be able to see because I'm looking through my own lens of privilege and um, I want to I wanna understand it as much as possible. So keep helping me understand. If you have the energy to do it, I am always so grateful. But I think it's important just to name that for you, letter writer, that this is not something that is all on your shoulders. All of us are in this together. Um, whether we like it or not, all of us are in this together. And if we want to help promote health collectively for all of us around the world, then we need to dismantle the system that hurts people at higher weights. If we're really wanting to help people at higher weights to promote health, then we need to make sure that we're not stigmatizing them, oppressing them. And so for you, letter writer, just know that that's part of my day-to-day. It's part of what I value. And um, I want to help you and join arms with you on that part. And with that being said, it's important for you to know letter writer. And again, anyone who can um, identify with what this letter writer is describing. I want you to know that there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with your body. There's nothing wrong with your body. I got the opportunity to interview someone named Ivy Felicia in my PCOS and Food Peace podcast. That's now released and you can listen to it if you want to, if you have PCOS or not. But Ivy Felicia, um, man, her interview spoke to me. It seriously, when I was interviewing her, I had to keep wiping away tears. It's, it really spoke to my heart. And she mentioned that, you know, you no matter what, you are valuable, you are worthy, you are not broken. And what I want to add to that is what's broken is our world's view of bodies. And here's the really, really shitty part, letter writer. Not only were you told your body was wrong and that was incorrect, but you were told to fix it with a system that was gonna make you think that you're doing it wrong and just gonna promote more disease. So I don't know if you know this, but research has already been able to demonstrate that diets don't work for most people. 
Now there's always that random person that is able to follow XYZ diet and it's able to help them promote health long-term. But you're not the anomaly, letter writer. That person is the anomaly. You said you went to Weight Watchers 14 times, I believe. You re-enrolled 14 times. So that means you probably went many more times than that. But you re-enrolled 14 times over more than a decade. And I'm sure there were people there, probably the person who was in charge of the meeting, that was able to be quote-unquote successful or that Weight Watchers worked for them. And I think it's really important to know that what a person defines as works can be different from person to person, but I'm going to go on a limb and assume that for most people, a diet working means that the weight comes off, health improves, and once the diet's over, the weight stays off, whether you continue the diet or not, or even if you continue the diet. It doesn't matter because what research has been able to replicate many times now is that even if a person continues a diet regimen, a diet plan, no matter what type it is, at at least two years out, sometimes even by the one-year mark, weight is starting to come back. Between the two to five-year mark, most people regain all the weight and most people regain more weight. And again, this is not because the person just stopped doing the diet and they, um, I feel like most people will say when they hear that kind of research as well, a person has to continue with these new habits, these lifetime habits, this lifetime change, whatever. Um, I feel like that's just a way to co-op language to make it seem like it's not a diet, but still is, but whatever. Even if a person continues like a robot on whatever Weight Watchers plan or whatever thing they have, two-thirds, let me correct that, one-third to two-thirds of people at the five-year mark regain more weight than they even lost. So that in itself lets us know, letter writer, that you were given this tool to fix a body that wasn't broken with a system or tool that doesn't work for most people, but yet you blame yourself. You used words like, I lack willpower or I have an addiction to food. And I want to say this with compassion. So I'm, I, I really apologize if it's not coming across that way. But having an addiction to food is like saying I'm addicted to oxygen or I'm addicted to um, water. Or I'm addicted to sleep. I'm addicted to staying warm. <laughs> you know, these are all things that we need to survive. There are five basic things that we need as humans to stay alive. And that's warmth, oxygen. Uh, We need water, sleep. And the last one is food. We can't be addicted to something that we need to survive. That last part is from Amy Pershing. She's a clinician that I interviewed in episode 123 of the Love Food Podcast, in case you want to check it out. But I love how she said that. We can't be addicted to something we need to survive. We just can't. And the fact of promoting a restriction to change a body that's wrong, um, that is just something that is almost like a gaslighting effect. It's making you think that you're doing it wrong and you're just addicted to food and lack willpower. When no, your body is just trying to be a successful human. 
Really, that's all it is when it comes down to it. So letter writer, there's not like the super easy clean solution because we don't live in a place that has that. We don't have a, a, a Petri dish for you to live in and thrive. And um, I'm thinking in kind of clinical terms, but the world you're living in is continually to continuing to re-traumatize you and to make you get into that mindset of there's something wrong with my body. So what we need to do is arm you with as many tools as possible to help you to rewire your brain and connect you to as many people that align with this message. And collectively, our power is so much stronger than when we're by ourselves. And I want you to read something that I want to add to the Food Peace Syllabus. If you're new to the Love Food Podcast, the Food Peace Syllabus is a collection of resources that we've collected over the last 125 episodes that help to further enhance your food peace journey. You can get it by going to juliedillonrd.com. I want to add Sonia Renee Taylor's book, My Body is Not an Apology. It is a really important book if you identify with someone like this letter writer, or if you're just a human and you want to just help our world be a better place, this is a must read. And actually I've um, listened to it on Audible. That's the way I did it. And I love when the author is the person who is reading the book. It just makes it even more moving to me. And so I highly recommend that version. But of course there is the plain old book version too. But I want to put that on there. I think it's something that can help to rewire your brain, letter writer. And um, I know you're scared, but I do see that you're ready. You're ready. And so arm yourself with things like this podcast whenever you need it. I would also encourage you to listen to other ones like Food Psych by Christy Harrison. Paige Smathers has a great one that's called Nutrition Matters. There's so many out there that are super helpful that can help to uh, just let you know that you're not alone. One thing that my friends and colleagues and clients who are living at higher weights have told me is that the online world has been a game changer in helping their relationship with food because even if they live in a place that's super small and oppressive, they can connect with people in real time virtually. I do think having people right in front of you next to you is the most powerful. And I know that's not possible for everyone. So connect to as many people as you can who align this way and continue to help other people to move to this um, place of body liberation and body autonomy. And you know what? I think if we can put our heads together, we can actually move this oppressive system to be one of body liberation. All right. I see food is written back. Before we get to that, this episode of the Love Food Podcast was brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. You can get to all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. If you enjoyed this episode of the Love Food Podcast, I would totally appreciate a rating, a review, subscribing to the show, or sharing it with someone. Doing any of these acts of kindness, they're really simple, but they really help the show grow. The iTunes algorithm is this mystery, yet there's something about that part that really helps more people when they search for things like intuitive eating or um, making peace with food that helps more people see this podcast. So I want everyone to feel more at home in their 
own skin as soon as possible, if not today or yesterday. So whenever you do that, just know you're helping that to connect with other people. All right, enough of all that. Let's hear what food has to say. And until next time, take care. Dear scared, but ready. You are not broken. We food are not evil or manipulative. We need a connection in order for your soul to walk the earth. Your presence is important and we hope you can connect with other fat positive earth dwellers. Name the systems that are harming you. Detach from the responsibility. Pour on the self-compassion to fuel your food peace journey. And don't be afraid to pour as much as you need. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. Take care.